And we are back like we never left again. It is that next Tuesday in the month? We still, I think it's the first Tuesday of March. So yeah. March is in like a lion, like the last episode. So we're gonna do this like we always do it. I am your co-host Deontay. And I'm Shakima. And we are the Dunlaps. We're the Dunlaps. Yes, we are. Welcome back. Welcome back. Thank you for joining. Yeah. How y'all doing? How you doing doing? How your mom and them doing? <sighs> Yeah. All right, my love. So <laughs> what's on? Let's talk about what's on the plans for the day. Or do we want to kick it off with our traditional starts or at the moment so, with the today in history? Well, I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say this, okay? Today has been one of those days. Yeah. Right? Throwback to Monica, right? It's just one of those days. Just um, one of them days. Listen. And uh, yeah, so so part of part of our journey together as uh, Team Dunlap, Team Dunlap, is that when times get hard, we, we get harder, and yep. we kick in and do what needs to be done. We squat up, and we get through it, right? Absolutely. And um, I've all, I think I've always been pretty good, and I will say that I think you've always been pretty good at um, kind of focusing in and pressing our weight. But there are times when encouragement is needed. And I just know that my life is so much better having somebody to share those moments with. And um, over the years, we both have developed some strategies, some things that I think that we could share, some wisdom that I think that we could share that might benefit our audience. And so that's what we're talking about today. Like, so you know, it's it's like what we say in, you know, I like to, you know, since most of my understanding in life came through, you know, fighting. You know, box smarter. You know, bo- learn how to box smart. That's you know, good. when you when you're fighting hard and you you're fighting as hard as you can, then you got to then you got to fight smart. You know, um, you got to you got to pick you got to pick when you um you got to pick when you in, explode and you got to pick when you're strategic. Mm-hmm. So you know, and that, and I think that's a great um a great segue into you know some of in, into our topic today and that's the that's the feeding of the soul when, yes. when you're fighting and fighting and fighting with life and you're fighting as hard as you can and and you when your reserves is getting low you know been you've been to the well several times and mm-hmm. you got to replenish and so that's when you got to feed the soul that's when you got to feed that that inner that inner self um yes. you know that that's really re- that can be really difficult to reach at times you and know, there's so, nobody who can escape those moments, right? No. Like no matter how smart you are, no matter how wealthy you are, no matter how gorgeous you are, whatever, those time and chance happens to us all, mm-hmm. right? And um, there's not a single person on the planet who can escape the rape. It comes, it falls on the just and the unjust, right? That's that's what yep. the word says. And so we stand on that, just knowing that no matter what comes our way, we're well able you know, to overcome it and get through it. We know that Absolutely. we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And so that's 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 who we are as Team Dunlap. And we just thought it might be great to share some of these strategies with y'all because uh, somebody under the sound of my voice today is going through something. Absolutely. Maybe not everybody, but somebody's definitely going through something. Yeah. Um, so sometimes, yeah, so, go ahead, baby, I'm sorry. No, 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 you go. No, I was just going to say, sometimes you just got to explore the topic. Just got to get it. You just got to get in there and 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 find those jewels because it's not always apparent, you That's know. It. Because the the crying out of the soul, the pain of the soul, isn't always apparent. It's not like a scar or a cast you can wear, 
or a band-aid you can wear and it's visible, you know, and sometimes, you know, it's not something that you can easily touch. And so sometimes those owies, you know, they, you, you don't know that they're there. And if you, mm -hmm. if you're on, and, and a lot of times it's, it's about awareness, Definitely. simple awareness, you know, what, what's going on with me, you know, and, and sometimes when you can't readily answer those questions, it's because your soul is crying for something yep. because your soul is hurt. If you're feeling pain that you can't explain, it ain't on the outside, man. It's, it's, it's somewhere, it's somewhere within and, and you got to explore. And um, if you're not used to it, that can be a pretty, pretty, challenging task mm -hmm. yeah and especially if you, were, if you were raised in an environment where you were not encouraged to share or where you were not encouraged to be vulnerable you know that can be especially challenging like you you learn to stuff things down on the inside mm -hmm. and it you, it could become such um a toxic trait that even when you need help even when you feel the pain you judge yourself yep. you, you don't shame know how to ask yourself. for help yeah, yep. fulfilling the pain. And it's like, you know, you think I should be tougher than this, mm -hmm. right? And maybe theoretically you are tougher than that. But after years and years and years of repressing and years and years and years of ignoring and just pushing through and, um, you know, carrying that load on your own, that's going to take a toll, even the best of us, right? Absolutely. So what your strength is, what your capacity is in a normal uh, instance is not the same as it is after you've been going through this 10 years 15 years 30 years 40 years right right you have accumulated so much baggage and so much um traumatizing weight that you're gonna find yourself in a break and you know you mentioned about you know the environment you know, and if your if your environment, you know, um, not only discourages expression, but encourages yes. suppression, mm -hmm. you know, that encourages you to say, suck it up, man up, be an adult, grow up, you know, um, you know, you, you, you toughen in that you that that's it. Um, and, and so you you like you say, you pick up these habits that can over time. You know, in the beginning, you know, yeah, it, it 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 seems all and well because you seem to be overcoming fears and things of that nature. But over time, it becomes self-destructive because if you're like you said, if you're carrying around that baggage and that trauma at some point, it's going to become toxic yeah. because it's going to stack. And when you when you when you stack bad stuff on top of bad stuff, you get more bad stuff. And, you know, in anything in, in any way you create pressure over time, that pressure is going to have to release. And if you're not used to expressing and you're used to, you know, you know, suppressing everything at some point, it's going to come out. It has to, you know, pressure because the point of pressure is to release. That's the point of pressure. So, you know, so today, um, so do we want to take a step back and move and go into our um, today in history or do we want to save that towards the end and stick to the topic? we can do this today in history okay okay yeah. you know just to keep just to, just to stay just to stay on just to stay on tradition stay on trajectory yeah. to have we used to you know but it was good that we i'm glad that we went into that you know that um early summary of mm -hmm. what today is about um yeah. i think it was worthy of that and I think today in history is kind of connected to that. So we talked about like traditions and, um, you know, generational ways of handling things. Mm -hmm. And so today is the actual anniversary, March 7th, 1965, is the anniversary of Bloody Sunday, the civil rights activists who were attacked, um, brutally attacked in Selma, crossing the Edmund Pettus Bridge. 
So on March 7, 1965, state and local police used billy clubs, whips, and tear gas to attack hundreds of civil rights activists beginning at a beginning of March in Selma, Alabama, to the state capitol in Montgomery. The activists were protesting the denial of voting rights for African Americans, as well as the murder of 26-year-old activist Jimmy Lee Jackson, who had been fatally shot in the stomach by police during a peaceful protest just days before. The march was led by John Lewis of the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, or SNCC, and the Reverend Hosea Williams of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, the SCLC. Shout out to Atlanta home team. ATL. Both of those men have represented us well in the ATL, so we appreciate you. The it's marchers neat. crossed the Edmund Pettus Bridge and found themselves facing a line of state and county officers poised to attack. While demonstrators did not promptly obey the officers' orders to disband and turn back, troopers brutally attacked them on horseback, wooden weapons, and chasing them down, fleeing men, chasing down the fleeing men, women, and children. Dozens of civil rights activists were later hospitalized with severe injuries. Horrifying images of the violence were broadcast on national television shocking many viewers and helping to rouse support for the civil rights cause. Activists organized another march two days later and Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. urged supporters from throughout the country to come to Selma to join. Many heeded his call and the events helped spur passage of the Voting Rights Act of 1965, three months later. History. And, and the reason why I say those things are kind of connected for me is because I think about the pain and the suffering that our people have experienced in this country. And to go through something that traumatic and then to come back two days later. Right. And just be like, you know, brush it off. We have this work to do. Not even having the opportunity to take a moment to mourn, to process. Um. Yeah. And just you know, just, again, just suppress whatever they felt two days before, whatever they feared, you know. Um, that 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 has to be a, a tough thing that you know that has to have you know lifelong you know impact, lifelong ramifications, you know, for you know, not, you know, for, you know, not processing this stuff. And who who knows, they may have sought therapy, you know, b- between then and now. But if you think about, you know, within that, you know, I- I'll say with, you know, two or three years, even after that, you know, to be, you know, still battling with some of that stuff internally, you know, and not have, you know, and if you don't have anywhere to, you know, to express that or to, 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 you know, to offload that, you know, um, and to counter, or and most importantly, to counteract it, you know, the, the soul food aspect to to rebuild you where you've been torn down, you know, because um, I know situations like that is not only damaging to the to the physical self, but it's also damaging to your inner self, your your your, your spiritual self, you know. Um, it's a it's it's a really um, it's a really deep thing, you know, for lack of a better word, you know, it's really deep, you know, it's. You know, and the physical violence not only goes, you know, it goes beyond the skin, you know, and then it leaks into the psyche and it can affect you for the rest of your life. You know, if you don't, you know, if you suppress it and you don't, you know, um, you don't handle it as you should. And, you know, back then, black people didn't go to therapy. Yeah, we do, you know, therapy. Is, That's the first yeah. thing. Most of them didn't even have like a health insurance to be able to pay for that. And even with the health insurance, you know, unless you have one of the kinds of coverage that, that 
you know, covers the entire amount. You know, who most of us can't afford $120 an hour, $135, $150 an hour, right? So like no matter, we're just there's a there's a huge wealth gap mm -hmm. in this country. And so even if we wanted to have access to um mental health providers, most people can't afford it. And so now you have programs like, you know, better help and things like that. You know, you have some um companies who imply um, who provide employee assistance programs for their employees and their family members but back then yeah hmm. and, and then to 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 want to even trust somebody you know with you know that level of you know information you know um that's something that again is a relatively new phenomenon um, for people that look like us, because therapy, you know, wasn't something that, you know, I know, I know I didn't grow up hearing about therapy, you know, therapy was something that, you know, you heard about on um, sitcoms, yeah. you know, um, you heard about psychiatrists and, you know, um, you know, uh, psychoanalysts and, you know, psychiatrists, you know, you, you hear about them on TV, you know, and then, you know, and then um, college applications, you know, but you don't really, you know, see them in practice, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, it wasn't until I became an adult that, you know, I, you know, first had my experience with a therapist. So, you know. And I think even now, like as an adult, like therapy can be dangerous to some of us, you know, like you go into the therapist and people, you know, I, 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 I always believe the best, right? So like, I believe in, um, it, it, when you go into a therapist and I think they, they, want to believe right that they can separate how they feel about you as a black person from their ability to do their job right and i believe they really want to right i'm gonna go ahead and just say that i'm gonna believe the best but when you find yourself in a situation and you're you're expressing you know your you're, you're expressing your pain you're expressing your feelings and at the root of most of it is racism in some form or fashion and then it becomes hey can I trust this person to tell them how I'm feeling about this like or some of their feedback to you is riddled with okay I'm offended by the fact that you feel this way about people like you right so then it right. becomes personal where your therapist is like trying to de defend themselves against people like you <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that you can't even be vulnerable. You're still kind of um measuring your words because you're like, how much of this can I say to you? Right. You know, without you taking this personally or will you understand when I try to explain to you how microaggressions make me feel? That's not something you've ever encountered, right? Mm -hmm. And that's not even something that they taught about in schools for the most part right like we're still debating about whether or not teachers should even know how to deal with stuff like that right and so you know that that is a danger and so you're in like the most vulnerable space and to have someone who is not you know um not even culturally sensitive you know like they're not even at that place of like culturally competent they're just cult not even culturally sensitive and then you're already feeling vulnerable. There's the stigma that you carry with you when you go to therapy because most of us grew up thinking that that was, you know, Black people, you go to church, you pray, right? You don't, we don't do therapy. We don't, you know. And so if you're not prepared for that, 
you might need therapy from the therapist. Yep. And it and it's and it's hard, you know, to you know, it, it's like to because it's trust, you know, to be truly vulnerable. And when you, especially when you, when you're expressing things from the 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 perspective of race, when you're when you're expressing things about you know something that someone may not have any um, real or cultural reference to. And then, like you said, and especially if they take it personal, if they if they're listening to just your words and and they're focused on themselves as opposed to the what, what's happening, you know. Um, and and I've had some situations. I've had some in my experience with therapy. You know, I've had some situation where some some questionable interactions, some questionable responses that kind of, you know, um, made you feel make you know made me feel a little off you know, a little bit, a little concern, like, should I have shared that? You know, did I just, you know, what did I just set myself up for? What did I expose myself to? You know, but the good thing, the good thing about it is, you know, um, they can't share anything outside of, you know, they, they can't share anything without jeopardizing, you know, their credential. But again, if you've never had that experience, you don't know that. You don't understand. You don't know what an NDA is. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't know what that is, that agreement between you and the therapist, you know, and if you never, you know, you don't know about that, you know, why would you ever go when, you know, especially if you had, you know, rough experiences with doctors in general, you know, um, so yeah, it's a it's a really it's a really complicated thing when you when you lack exposure, you know, and that and exposure, you know, generally exposure is based on how much you can afford. And if you can't afford a therapist, you know, then guess what? You're not gonna, you know, you're not you're never gonna experience what it's like. Well, you know? I'm interested in um, talking about some of the strategies, but tell me what you got for today in technology industry. Today, history was huge in the world of telephony. Huge. Okay. Um, so today in 1876, Alexander Graham Bell receives a patent for an improvement in telegraphy, which later came to be known as the variable resistance telephone. Okay. Awesome. That's like, I, I mean, I, I think I can like surmise what it might be about. Well, that sounds like above my head. Can you please explain this? So basically, it's um, he basically, you know, he basically received the patent for the telephone, you know, and improve an improvement in telegraphy, you know, where you know we were doing telegraphs, where we yep. were actually sending people, you know, um, where we were, you know, sending communication differently versus, you know, what we're now speaking across the wire. Yes. Where we're now speaking across the, you know, where we're now speaking, where we now have dial tone and. You know, we have operators connecting, you know, when this is when they were using the switchboard to connect people, um, you know, to make those phone calls across the wire, across copper wires. Um, and so um, then we have the um, and I believe the variable resistance telephone was is the the rotary. OK, that's how I first learned how to dial. You know, let me. Let me double check that. Um, but I'm I'm pretty sure that's what that is. Let me tell you something. I remember being my so you know, dad was at Fort Bragg when I was little. And I remember being all the way up there and knowing how to call my grandma. Mm -hmm. 
in East Point on the road to fall. Mm-hmm. And I was, I remember, listen, you know how to find your help. Mm-hmm. I remember being in kindergarten and getting caught making long distance phone with you because you know they they cost. Mm-hmm. And I would be, I remember my mama coming in there catching me on the phone with my grandma. And I I don't even remember how long I had been on the phone with her. But I I knew how to call my help, baby. I knew how to find Gladys. If I couldn't find nobody else, I was going to find Gladys May. And Absolutely. I remember, mm-hmm. And those rotary phones, you, if you if you miss one digit, you had to start all over. So do you know how a kindergartner knowing how to dial long distance? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it wasn't quite the rotary phone, but it was it was the phones where you had to pick up and. So I'm not oh, quite sure. Okay. With so the, you know what? I remember that movie. What was it called? Um, Road to Perdition. Yeah. Where, where they had where they were like patching me through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the patch through. Mm-hmm. So I'm I wasn't I'm not familiar with this antiquated level of telephone technology. I see them on movies though. So, so like I've had to those mob movies and stuff like that. That's how the phones were. Absolutely. So um yeah, those are with um those types of phones um. Yeah, I've never even seen wow. those almost in my lifetime, so I wouldn't be familiar with that. Any, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm I'm not a historian when it comes to the to the um the hardware. Um, so that's interesting. Okay. But but also today in history, um, this was in 1926, 50 years later, um, exactly 50 years to the day that Alexander Graham Bell received a patent that made the telephone possible. The first transatlantic telephone call was made from London to New York. Wow. Using radio communication technology because phone voltages phone voltages were too low to transmit through underwater transatlantic cables, commercial service was started less than a year later on January 7th, 1927, at the cost of $75 for the first three minutes. What? Uh, almost a hundred dollar call. Back then, that was a lot. Okay, so but that's I'm gonna say a this. grip grip. I'm still fascinated by the fact that somebody had the wherewithal to put t- water up, uh, tunnels up. I mean, cables up under the water. That's a lot. You of went cables. across the ocean, right? And so, like now, it's cables across the oceans just so we can call. Like, listen, the things that people come up with. That's why I admire your brain so much because I can spell whatever you ask me to. I promise, right? I could probably write a story about it, maybe even a poem. But that some of that stuff, I'm like, yeah, that's too, that's too uh mm-mm. I'm lacking the brain capacity for some of that stuff. Yeah. I now I I don't, you know, it, it's 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 a real, it's a really fascinating history, you know. You look at where we are now, where we're yeah. essentially talking through the air, and at one point in time there was some some incredibly brave people. Mm-hmm that laid cable from you know and, and can you imagine over time how much cable is actually down there yeah it's i mean you know at wow. this point i'm sure they have they have fiber across they have you know massive you know mm-hmm. um runs of fiber across the, the the bottom of the ocean you know wow. um it's 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 fascinating it's a is a fascinating history and speaking of which, I just want to give a shout out to our listeners. So like y'all, we are just sitting here minding our black business in Austin, Texas. And people from all over the world have been tuning in to our podcast. I just want to give a shout out to our listeners. So we, Dunlap doesn't do it, but I do it. I look at the heat map sometimes just to see where people are tuning in from. Y'all, um, 
Dubai, several cities in Greece, several cities in Belgium, Senegal, Colombia. Um, they're just Australia, like two different places in Australia. Y'all, this is just blowing my mind. Turkey, just different, y'all. Like, it's it's such a blessing. It's It's just such a blessing. And I just wanna say like, sometimes it feels as if you're treading water, right? Like you're like wondering, is anybody actually getting this? Is it making a difference to anybody? Can anybody hear me? You know, if a tree falls in the woods, forest, and there's nobody here, does it still make a sound? That kind of situation. And so paying attention to things like that, to me, it just um, it just affirms, right? That when you're doing the right thing for the right reasons. And, you know, our goal for doing this is not to like become famous or anything like that. Like we, we just really want to engage each other in conversation in ways that edify the people who tune in, have some guests on every now and then to promote whatever they're doing in the world. Really, that's it. We just ha love having these conversations and love, you know, having conversations with you all about it after you listen. It's, it's the biggest blessing. And so I just want to say that wherever you happen to be tuning in from, whatever day or night you happen to be listening, we thank you so much for giving us your time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I'll second that appreciation. And that's a really good segue back into our main topic. And that is the food for the soul, the yeah. soul food to know that despite our borders, you know, um, we're had we're touching we're, we're touching individuals across the globe, you know, and it, it's just it's like like um, like you said, it's really affirming that you know we're not just speaking into a vacuum you know we we're actually you know we, we have you know we have people tuning in we, we have those who find where we are conversating about um you know to be useful to be fruitful to at, at the very least be you know somewhat entertaining you know mm -hmm. and it, and it's a really uh it's a really gratifying feeling to know that you've reached someone um especially you know those who may not even speak your native language um, where right. where English might be even their second or third language and they're tuning into what we have to say. And so it's mm -hmm. a, you know, we do want to extend that appreciation, you know. And so jumping back, digressing to the, the original topic, soul food. What feeds your soul? How do you how do you know when a soul needs nourishment? You know, that I guess that's the first thing. You know, how does one know? So I think for me, over my lifetime, when I start to feel agitated, you know, easily agitated or easily aggravated, you know, where it just seems like everything is upsetting to me um, or, you know, like the slightest little things just get on my nerves. Um, that's that's one symptom. Um, I think another one is when I stop feeling like, you know how I feel, I feel like it's the doldrums almost of life, where like there are some days when you feel like you are really progressing and you have a sense of accomplishment, right? Like you wake up and you know exactly what you're getting up to do, you feel a sense of accomplishment, like you are, you know, checking things off your list that are meaningful. And then there are just some days when you just barely made it through, right? 
and that happens it's okay for that to happen but when that happens consistently over a span of time then it starts to weigh on you i agree it starts to weigh on you and so like if you're not careful you'll look up in several days months even years some people decades have gone by and you still don't feel this sense of excitement or joy about you know what you're doing i think another thing for me is when i feel when i start to feel bitter oh that's yeah when i start to feel bitter like i'm starting to be resentful about having to do things for people or help people because i'm wondering if i'm receiving a return on my investment you know mm-hmm. and that could be at work that could be anywhere that could be with the kids because you know the kids can't ever give back like what their parents give but their part in it is gratitude right, right. so like part of it is just to do the best you can every day whether it's at work school whatever but at least show some gratitude and some respect right and so when you get in that space of like you love your children but you're like you ungrateful you know mm-hmm. that's when you got to be mindful because if you keep your eyes on other people if you look for other people to reciprocate whether it is gratitude respect whatever um then you hold them accountable and responsible for your joy Mm -hmm. and that's too big of a responsibility to give to somebody else and so to me those are the signs um I, i think for me another sign is when i feel like um I'm not resting well, mm-hmm. you know, where when I do sleep, it's only after kind of like my body has just passed out. Like I, I couldn't really quiet my thoughts enough to get to sleep. Um, and then the next day I'm tired because I didn't rest well. So it's like hard for me to get up or when I feel a sense of dread of going to what I got to do mm-hmm. the next day. Like for me, those are the things. Um, and I think probably for me, the last telltale sign is when I start to isolate. Mm. When I start to isolate because I don't want to be bothered. Right. You know, like sometimes I don't even want to be bothered with myself when I feel like that, you know, but I'm the, I'm the one person I can't run from. So when I get quiet, you know, like I tell people who are close to me all the time, like if I'm talking to you, life is good. When I stop talking, that means I'm going through something. So if you don't hear from me for a while, it's, you know, don't how some people are like, if I don't hear from you, I know you're okay. Cause you call when something's going on. I'm the opposite. Right. When stuff is going on with me. I go off by myself. I call it my cave time. And it reminds me of Elijah going into the cave. Like I go into the cave and I figure out what's going on with me. I do my self-help or whatever I need to do. I pray, I meditate, I fast, whatever I have to do. And then when I come back out, that's when you know everything is. Good. So, what about you? You know, for me, you know, one of the you know one of the telltale signs for me, and it's generally consistent, is my um, is being tired all the time, where I'm always in my head. You know, where I'm like, you know, um, I'm generally quiet. But then, but there's a deafening quiet where um, I may not say anything at all 
you know, it's not just I become, you know, um, I become completely closed off. Um, and I'll start to shut down, you know, so that's when I that that's that's like the telltale signs for me is when I when I find myself closing off and um, when impl- imploding, you know, kind of trying to shrink myself. That's mm-hmm. when I know um, that that's a telltale sign for me is when I'm trying to, um, you know, make by for lack of a better description, make myself invisible. Um, you know, it really, you know, that's generally, you know, how it, you know, manifests with me. And then it also, if I'm, um, you know, um, like you mentioned, the my quality of rest, um, you know, is usually a, a, a telltale sign that there's something, you know, um, definitely belief the surface going on. Um, so yeah, I mean, generally, you know, that's, that's two, you know, that that's two of the primary ways that, you know, I'm, you know, generally put on notice when, you know, when I need something beyond the surface, when I need something more, you know, than just, you know, um, the surface and, and one, you know, and then there's other things like, um, anxiety, you know, when I, when my anxiety is like, you know, crippling, you know, where I feel like I'm, you know, where I'm just like internally just all over the place, you know, so that's, that's also another telltale sign. So it's, you know, implosion, um, re, you know, um, internal retreat. Um, like I don't, I don't isolate, isolate myself physically, but I isolate myself here, um, and emotionally. Um, and then there's the, like I said, then there's the lack of rest. Um, I, I have a hard time, um, sleeping. Um, oh yeah. And then there's eating too, but you know, that's a, I, I generally, you know, have issues eating. So that's not, a, yeah, I, I, I don't yeah, think that's, don't a, so I, I think that's probably not, uh, that's probably not a, a telltale sign, but more or less, a, you know, but, you know, you mentioned something that I thought was, was interesting. Cause you know, I, I kind of took some notes down about, you know, ways to nourish your soul. Right. And you mentioned, you know, um, isolation as a way that is a, is a sign, you know, of your needing something for your soul. And, and, and I actually put isolation as a way to nourish the soul. And when wow. you, and, and when you, when you described, you know, how that happened, when you describe your, um, your tactic, your strategy, when you are in your cave time, you know, that's, you know, those are, you know, that's what, you know, those are some of the similar tactics that, you know, that I, that I um, adopt when I'm, you know, when I isolate, you know, where I just kind of go in and just, you know, um, write, read, just, you know, you know, meditate um, and just get, you know, just reground myself, you know, um, you know, the, you know, it's, it's, it is odd because I found that, you know, not only the op- the opposite of isolation can also be nourishing to the soul, and that's connecting with the right people. You know, when you have the the right team, when you have the 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 right people in your life, connecting with them on a level can be nourishing. You know, um, it can you know it can be, it can be it can build you up. It can it can help you get through whatever. Um, whatever you're going through, whatever, whatever has you feeling, um, you know, got you feeling out of sorts, you know, sometimes connecting with other people can help ground you. Um, I also found that, you know, connection with memories is nourishing to the soul connection with objects, 
you know, things that you may hold dear, you know, um, one of the, you know, one of the things that I, that, that I hold dear to me is, um, that kind of keeps me grounded is, you know, the Bible my aunt gave me when I graduated high school, you know, um, and every time I look at it, it reminds me, you know, to, to stay grounded, you know, to, you know, to when all else fails, you know, you have something you can read, you have something that you can, um, consume, you know, and, and you, that you can, you know, consume that can fill some of those gaps and that can, you know, help you get closer to, you know, God. Um, and then another note that I put down, um, is self-reflection, mm-hmm. you know, just, That's you, know, critical. you know, and, and, and I think in, in, in West and something I just kind of put together now that I'm looking at them and now I'm looking at my notes, all three of them are related. Yeah. I think that, you know, reflection of, you know, self-reflection can come in the form of connection with others, other things, other people, places. Um, and it also can come in the form. It also can, can come in times of isolation, mm-hmm. you know, where you kind of, you know, start getting back to your, your, your core principles, your, your, your why, you know, why are you doing what you're doing? What's the purpose? What is the, what's the why behind the why? What's, what's, what's driving, you know, what's pushing you forward? What's compelling you forward in the first yeah. place? You know, and sometimes it's worth a reconnection, you know, to those things. And sometimes it's, it comes through isolation. It's, through, it's, it's, it's odd, you know, you can connect through connection, you can connect through isolation. It's just really, you know, um, it just, I think it really determines the per- based on the person. And the, yeah. it's based on the circumstances too and how deep you go. Yeah, um, I agree. Because I, I always say that there's a difference between isolation and solitude. Mm -hmm. to me those are two different things like isolation is when you are it's almost like a self-sabotaging right right you need help but you don't know how to ask for help right and so you have this this shame stigma attached to it and you go off in hiding because you don't trust people to love you enough to deal with your mess Mm -hmm. you know you're so um you're so used to people only loving you for what you bring to the table or loving you, I guess, conditionally, right? So like when you do good things or when you're adding your value add and you think, okay, yeah, obviously you probably would love somebody who's like that. But when you have been conditioned to believe that you're only as valuable as how much you, how much you can c- contribute or sometimes even stay out of the way, like, don't cause problems right and mm-hmm. that is your value to a situation and so when I say like I find myself isolating I know I can I can say at this big age in my life that I know that that's more of a self-sabotaging than a solitude now gotcha. there are moments of solitude right mm-hmm. like you've seen me um throughout this doctoral process of of having to take time to have solitude right? And you've been like super supportive in those moments. Like you have encouraged me, okay, babe, you need to take time to read, to take time to write. I got it. You know, like you just go, you stay in the room this weekend, whatever you need, I got you. I bring it to you. Like that's different, right? Because that's deliberately taking time to myself to focus on me, which is something that, you know, I'm just now learning to do, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like, I'm just now learning how to do that. When you spend your whole life caring for other people, 
it feels foreign to you to put to take care of you right and so i'm just now learning how to do the solitude thing like i'm the kind of person that has struggled my entire life with like eating by myself in public you know like i would just like i'm not taking myself to the movies i'm not taking myself to eat like if i don't have anybody outdoor dash or i bought a movie on you know was yahoo now used to be google play but that's my style right um because i've always had my children i've always had my siblings to care for like i've always had somebody else to care for so i've never even had a a a time in my life where i was by myself you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so um when you skip that healthy part of adulthood that includes aloneness then then you sometimes don't know how to deal with those types of situations so i'm just now in a place now where i say you know what babe I'm gonna take myself to lunch. Why are you at the office today? I'm gonna get up and go. I'm gonna go to somewhere and have a steak. I'm gonna go do this and go do that, you know. Um, so yeah, I'm just learning. Your your love has been so healing to me. You know, it's 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 medicinal, you know, like the way you allow me to see myself, you understand me in ways that help me understand myself better. And so when we talk about um, healing through connections it has to be the right kind of connections mm-hmm. you know because you can't trust everybody with your pain you can't trust people to not bring it up later you can't trust you know it's it's connecting with people has a lot to do with safety yeah. and you know you just have to know that um and that comes through time and experience you know because i'm the kind of person like you let me know one time i can't trust you with my pain I'm not telling you nothing else. I'm not coming back. I might right. talk to you about something else, but you won't get too many opportunities to do that, you know? Right. And so I don't know if that's healthy or toxic, but that's what it is. But then you also have the notion of not just, you know, you mentioned about value, but then you also have the the the, the notion of being judged. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you don't, you know, you, you know, the isolation, you know, and the, the lack of connection can come from a, you know, a, 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 a you know, being discontented with being judged. You don't want yeah. to, you know, you don't want to make yourself vulnerable to someone and they judge you, you know? So that's one of the things, that's why I was saying the connection with the right people, yeah. you know, because, you know, I, I, I believe that, you know, the, 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 when you, when you, when you, when you have the right, connection the right um person right and just the spontaneity of the conversation and the exchange of ideas are what feed your soul because it gets you outside of your own head it gets you thinking not just about your issues but about yourself different yeah you know, because you 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 talking you 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 conversate in exchange with somebody who don't judge you. They don't they don't they they enjoy your company. They don't want anything from you but you to be your best. And you know, and this you know the the you you have good people who will bounce ideas. But have you tried this or you know they they connect with you and they empathize. And when I was you know I had something similar happen, and this is what I did to get through that and it, it again though that exchange that sharing and that exchange of ideas that vulnerability like you said that that sense of safety the sense of belonging that's what most that's what all people want really yeah. is to is to feel like yo you know i'm safe here you know I, I can i can hurt and not get hurt again because i said i was hurt mm-hmm. you know 
And, and, you know, because people, you know, think, well, I was just telling the truth. That's one of the, that's one of the most BS things in the world is, you know, for people to be, you know, nasty to other people is, is how it's to hide behind honesty. And it's, it's a, um, it's, it's, it's so deceptive. And it's, and, and it's like, no, you use that as an excuse to be a jerk. You use yep. it as an excuse to be a douchebag. You use that as an excuse to hurt people, to kick people while they're down. You know, you that you just say you just being honest, you know, but real connection is someone who can take you, meet you where you're at and feed into your soul, you know, positivity, you know, affirmation, confirmation, you know, um, not validation, right? But you know, affirmation, affirm you, confirm you, you know, make sure you know you you ain't crazy, you know. Yeah, that was really messed up that that happened, and it's okay that because that happened that it affected you like this and that gets you out of the space of shame that gets you out of the space of resistance you know because it's resistance that keep that that holds us back that keeps us like i'm not going to say anything but once you get that permission to say okay i'm hurt and somebody says you know what but something like that you probably should be hurt that's not you know i mean if it didn't bother you it probably didn't matter that much to you you know, so it's, it's, you know, it's, you know, with the right connection, you know, it can be really, really nourishing to your soul because real soul food should fill you up and not deplete you, you know, and anything that, and if you go to a conversation and if you leave with less than what you came with, I don't think that's, that, that's not a really fulfilling relationship. That's a really one-sided relationship. That's somebody you might be dealing with an energy vampire that's sucking you instead of instead of feeding your soul, they're sucking your soul from you. You know, and I think um, I think part of part of that is when people don't even know how to process emotions or like know how to hold space with somebody, mm-hmm. right? Like, so part of that process is okay, if that were me, maybe it wouldn't affect me like that. But I don't have to tell you that. You know what right. I mean? I don't have to say that to you. I don't have to say, suck it up, you know, get over it or do whatever, you know, like um, for me, that's a very, that's a shaming mm-hmm. and condescending statement. And yep. I have just spent so much time in my life um, battling shame. I'm not interested in dealing with that anymore. And so when you hold space for somebody, sometimes you don't say anything, you know, you don't quote scriptures to them. You don't, you don't, you don't do that. Like, like, like we, I have had, and this is coming from me as somebody who is an actual licensed and ordained minister. I have seen people use their Bible to beat people down so bad. And one of the things that I do is I read the room. Yeah. Everybody don't want to hear my scriptures. There's not, there's a time and a place for that, right? And so I know some people are like, well, that's all I got is I got Jesus and I got God and I'm going to give it to him. And it's like, baby, that, uh, some people have been abused in the church. Some people have had so much pain in their life that they still are having a hard time with even believing that a loving God exists. Because if that happened, if that existed, then why did all this happen to me? Things that we can't even explain, right? There are some things that you cannot explain. Mm-hmm. And there are some things that just don't appear in the Bible. I remember watching um, a story about uh, 
girls who were being sex trafficked. And the people who were holding them in bondage lived in a wealthy suburban neighborhood. You know, just like million dollar homes. But these girls were being held in the basements and they were being held in cages like animals, right? And mm -hmm. there was like cardboard boxes covering up the cage so they were in darkness most of the time. And then the people who would abuse them would come in and use strobe lighting. And do you know what they were saying to them when they were flashing the strobe lights? They were quote, they were reading the Bible to them. Mm. They were saying, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm the Lord your God. And so when those girls were rescued, the first thing they wanted to do was take them to a church to help them heal. And the girl said, every time I heard people speaking the word of God, I, I wanted to run because I was afraid that somebody was going to abuse me. Mm -hmm. That was the most painful thing to me to hear those words, right? And so we just have to be willing to acknowledge that other people's experience is not your experience. And it's okay to say in your humanity and to honor the humanity of others, I don't have an answer for that. Right. I wish I could solve that problem for you. I wish I could make the pain go away, but I won't ask you to push your pain aside so that I don't feel bad in this moment. Right. Find a way to lovingly and empathetically, you know, remove yourself from that conversation and, and, and hold space for that person. If you can't say anything, just don't say anything at all. You can't say anything positive, just be quiet. Sometimes your quietness, you know, that's the story of Job, right? His friends start talking to him about all the reasons why it was happening to him and you must have did something and God is not going to do this to you if you didn't do it. Just shut up. You can pray without even opening your mouth and uttering a word. Just your presence and your peace in that environment will shift the atmosphere. Yeah. You don't have to say anything. And so that's, you know, for me, that's something that is not taught. You know, that's, that's something that um, has to be revealed to you. And I think that for whatever reason, you know, we're taught that if you want to help somebody, you got to tell them something. No, you don't. Right. Sometimes you just have to be quiet. And so I say to you, if you're listening, you know, that if you don't have, if you find yourself in a situation where you don't have safety and you don't have people you can trust and you don't have people who are not going to either shame you for feeling how you feel or throw it back up in your face later, right? Because to me, that's one other than shaming me for how I feel, uh, throwing stuff up in my face later, that's like, one, mm -mm. at that point, get somebody else to do it because I'm just not even interested in continuing that relationship. Learn to create boundaries. And this yeah. is the last thing I'm going to talk about with soul. Okay. Learn to create boundaries. One of my favorite quotes, um, by Henry Cloud. Dr. Henry Cloud, um, he has several books. One of them is called Boundaries. The other one's called When to Say Yes and How to Say No. 
And he says, you know, one of the first signs that you're beginning to develop boundaries is a sense of resentment, frustration, or anger at the subtle and not so subtle violations in your life. Just as radar signals the approach of a foreign, op, foreign missile, your anger can alert you to boundary violations in your life. So when you're talking to somebody and you're being vulnerable and you're feeling like this ain't it, don't try to ignore that feeling. That's a signal for you that there's probably a boundary that needs to be established in that area, right? Doesn't mean cut the person off, but it means that, okay, like, okay, check, archive, I can't have these kind of conversations with you. I'm going to put a boundary, right? And good walls make good neighbors. Good fences make good neighbors. It doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It just may mean that for me and the experiences that I have lived that culminated in this 40 plus years of my life, maybe you have no point of reference for that. And so I'm not going to be able to talk to you about those things. But I can still love you. And we can find some things we can talk about, you know. But just I know that when I find myself in a vulnerable situation, I probably need to not be around you at that time. Yeah, and then you know it's yeah, and and the the unfortunate truth is that sometimes these you know these lessons are trial by fire. Mm-hmm. You know, you you have to go through it, you know, to yeah. get to it, you know, um, and that's how you find out who people are, you know, and you know, and and it's and and I think that's a good, you know, um, you know, because I'm I'm looking at my notes and I think you know you know what you just expressed and what you just described is a good lead into some of the, you know, we're talking about, you know, the, the negative part, you know, what negativity that can come through, you know, you know, whether it's, you know, connected with other people, but it's also, you know, you have to be connect careful about what you consume, you know, whether it's other people's opinions, whether it's, you know, you have to be careful about what you consume, you know, that's and that's, you know, whether that's negative thoughts, things, you know, people, you know, um, just, you know, t- that's bad for your soul. Um, useless things, you know, just things that you just get that are just there for, you know, your ego for the sake of your ego, for the sake yeah. of making you feel powerful or whatever. Those things can, I, I think, can be um, that have no that that are essentially empty, you know, they have no real purpose. But other than to, again, inflate your ego and, you know, make you feel more than you actually are. Um, and then you have, you know, um, anxiety, worry, doubt, and fear. That's, that's, um, abysmal for your soul. That's, that's brutally bad for your soul. And so you have to be, and so I think it's, it's important, you know, to understand when your soul needs something. And in those moments, recognizing your susceptibility to influence your um your exposure your your exposure and how being exposed to these soul dampening whether it's you know um people content you know whatever the case may be if you don't know where you are and you're constantly consuming this stuff you're actually you know it's it's, it's a double whammy you know you're hit you're hitting yourself from both sides you know you're already in a bad space and you you start to watch something or you start to engage in something that's you know 
going to leave you feeling worse. You ain't lying because sometimes. And that's that, but that's that negative, that, but that's that, that negative um, polarity because you, yeah. when you're, you, people don't recognize, I, I think most of us don't realize that we're magnets and when we're in the, and when our soul is in that space, our soul is actually pulling what it needs to it. And sometimes the soul is going to go with, with whatever your feeling is. And it's going to pull to you the what what constitutes you, what 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 you're made of at that time. And if you're a ball of negativity, if you're a ball of, you know, um just poor decisions and and anger and frustration, all of that is just going to make its way to you. Make its way to you. A prime example. I, I, it happens to me all the time, anytime. And this is a small microcosm of a, of the bigger picture, but I'm in my car. If I'm in my car and I get cut off and, and I let that flip my switch. And if, and especially like, let's, let's take a couple steps back. I had a rough day at work. Yeah. And, you know, I, I had a rough day at work. You know, I'm already in a, a bad headspace, right? You know, rough day at work. I'm in the car, cut me off. And I lose it. And then it seems like every 30 feet, someone does something similar. They cut me off. They pull up behind me. They almost sideswipe me. And, it, and, it's, and, it, and it's like, it keeps coming. From, I'm like, what? And then I'm finding myself like, what's happening here? And it's so literally. So you're saying I had a rough day because I've been watching Wu-Tang all No. <laughs> Where you get that from? <laughs> Wu-Tang is for the cheering. What are you talking about? <laughs> Wu-Tang is for the kids. Wu-Tang is like, it's like Fruit Loops on a Saturday morning with some cold milk. That's okay, what Wu-Tang is okay. like. Okay, no. I was just asking, because you know, sometimes like, listen, when I when I get in my little space, I be wanting to binge watch Nene Leaks. <laughs> I mean, you know, but but seriously, you know, and, and if you, and sometimes you can watch something that can, you you can watch a movie that could put you in a bad headspace, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you you angry for no reason, you frustrated, you don't know why, and you're like, oh, I gotta stop watching that. Like, like I've, I feel I've, like a lot of people's bad, especially male female relationships, the way they are right now, it's because social media. Yeah, and I used to I used to in, you know indulge on you know I used to go on my Facebook feed, my little videos, and then it's like all that um, love and hip hop. And I, I would just find yeah, myself like, I was like, yeah, I got to stop watching this because this is, this ain't cool, man. This is damaging to my soul. Not and you only, used to watch it just to pick on the people, just to laugh yeah, at them. And then, then you it, find yourself like, yeah, just, that's not good either. Like, even if you're watching it to like judge people, that's not, <laughs> that's not good either. But, it, but a judgment against someone else is a mark on your soul. You're right. You can't judge nobody unless you judge yourself. You can't hate nothing in another person that you don't already despise in yourself. And I was just like, I have got to stop watching this because this is, is this revealing? Is this a ref- if this well, we me all reflecting know you myself? We hood, we hood, so it's whatever. Is, it, is this me reflected against myself? I don't, yeah. you know, if if I, you know, and so I had to, I had to take a stand, and and I had, but I had to recognize that it was impacting my day. I had to recognize that it was impacting how I perceive things and you know and and once you and and once you latch on to that thought process again you become a magnet you know you start you you watch a video where somebody in the video one of the characters in the video annoyed the crap out of you 
you can almost bet the next person that interacts with you is going to annoy the crap out of you. Shout and, out to Country Wayne and the skits. And 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 so it's and and, and it, it just leads back to that notion of being magnetized. When you it, when you let something get in your psyche and you emotionally grab onto it, you're going to pull in and attract whatever is associated with that. And so I had to, you know, learn. I had to learn how to Jedi mind trick myself to, you know, to not consume that stuff and you know consume what I want to attract. You know, yeah. consume consume what I want in my life and and you know and and it's okay to watch it. You know, every now and then, but it's but one thing I learned it, it is specifically designed to addict you mm -hmm. it is specifically designed to elicit that response from you yeah. it is it is it is specifically designed to do that because once i started paying attention to myself I'm like wait a minute this is impacting me way more than i gave it credit like, let me stop watching this it, it started changing the way i spoke it started it started impacting the way i i, I perceive things and i was like okay that's a problem you know, but that's but, you know, again, that's the it, it came from self-awareness, you know, just being a being willing and able to put up a mirror and look at myself in the mirror and say, hey, is this is this what you want to be doing right now? Is this, you know, is this what you want to be filling your soul with right now, Mr. Dunlap? And right. um, and and just having an honest conversation. And I decided that, that 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 wasn't quite what I wanted for myself. And once I realized it was affecting me in the way it was you know, I, I stopped it, you know, and I'm not saying that, you know, and, and I'm not saying it because it might be good for some people. Some people may thrive in reality TV, but for me, it 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 is a, it is, it does damage to my soul and not only to my soul, it, 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 it short circuits my brain and fries brain cells that I so desperately need. And so I had to stop doing it. I had to realize that was bad for my soul. And so while I do, you know, while I do dabble in a little bit of sugar here and there, a little bit of junk food here and there, I don't make it my primary meal. I don't make it my primary means of sustenance that feeds this into my, my heart and my soul. So, you know, part of, you know, understanding and taking care of your soul is recognizing what's bad for it. Yeah. And if you don't, if you're not aware enough to know that, you know, something's, you know, you know, something's not good for you, you know, you should probably, you know, take an inventory <laughs> and, and then find out like, man, you know, if I'm not getting the results that I want, if I'm not getting to where I want to be, let me take a personal inventory of what's going on here. What, what am I enriching myself with? What am I enriching my soul with? What am I spending more my, most of my time consuming? What am I spending most of my time thinking about? What am I spending most of my time creating? You know, um, what am I spending most of my time focused on? And that'll tell you a lot. That will that will give you most of the rundown you need to make the changes that you want to make and nourish that soul in a way that can elevate you instead of weighing you down. And the, the soul is supposed to fly, not sink. So if it weighs you down, it's probably not for you. Well, like Mama Toni Morrison said, and shout out to her and Princeton University today, her honorary postage stamp was released. So oh. I will be getting some. Let's go. That's just the queen That's, of my heart so i shall is, be getting some of those um so what we're gonna watch now that we ran out of routine episodes we'll find some we'll find some you know you know how we do it we got some we got a lot of snowfall to catch up on so we can watch some so snowfall within moderation yeah see i feel yeah. like we I, I feel like we stopped because it was getting to the point where it wasn't really it mm -hmm. yeah. maybe it was 